0: That's the secret to a lot of things. Find people of the same mental disorders you have. <laughs> or can paddle them, they pair well. That's parallel. That's a way to live life.
1: Hey, fellow hipsters and people that have culture or something. I'm Jared Ralphie Allen, host of Unloading Meat, and we need sponsors for this show. If you've identified with this fucked up hat I'm wearing, these shitty tattoos, or any other cultural references that are behind me, reach out to your favorite sponsors and tell them to sponsor the show Unloading Meat. Now, back to acting like I wasn't impressed by anything. I wish this podcast could be on vinyl. All right, guys, my next guest, he gave me a shot at the Fresh Faces last month, and it was such a great experience that I want to make sure I kind of return the favor and had him in today to promote the next Fresh Faces. Give it up for the one and only Michael Patton. What's up, Michael? Thank you, Jared. I appreciate that very
0: much. So, yeah, it's a good show, and you did great. Thank you. Thank
1: you very much. Uh, I had a lot of fun on that experience. Uh, Great crowd, by the way. Great. Yeah, we the, the place holds 70. We had 138 people on the show. 130? I didn't even know that count. That was, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it was
0: pretty fun. It's, that's the best one we've had, and, and you were probably the best show we've done. Um, That show is interesting. So it's called The Fresh Faces of Tulsa Comedy. So to be on that show, you have to be recommended by someone who does open mics to me and other people online a little bit. And then you have to be really working at the craft and be new. Either new to Tulsa or new to comedy but you I just want somebody who don't want time and when people like you had really working I, I saw you all over town working 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 all different angles and stuff so I thought oh man give them a chance and that show is a great show it's so much fun
1: yeah I had a blast on it um the lineups that you put together they' have gel really oh, well oh, uh, thank you. honestly and they flowed really well um and then even the special guests that you had uh we had yeah. Who was it that opened for us? We have Kels Cooper. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Uh, shout out to Kels. Uh, she's going to be on here in a couple weeks. Oh, great. Uh, it's funny, like... The people that you got for Fresh Faces had yeah. either been on this show or were going to be booked on this show yeah. for my, yeah. my episode. And then now well, the next episode. We work episode. together. I mean, yeah. you're,
0: you're doing the same thing. We're just pimps for comedy. Yeah, That's what are true. For, and, uh, and we have our power to help. So I, I've produced almost 200 shows now in four years. And it's because the bars trust an old man. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, so they pay me. I pay the comics. And yeah. I don't make any money, really. I, I've i invested in the sound system and stuff. but But we're promoting the art form sure and stand up truly um i did i started comedy four years ago and i did my first festival within two and a half months because i found a sponsor i thought i can do this yeah um and what it was how i got the sponsor was a person who gives money to the arts and i said look you support the symphony the ballet all these things i said there's only one performance art that was invented in america stand-up comedy everything else came from somewhere else. Yeah. You should do it for that reason alone. And he wrote me a $5,000 check, which I blew. Crap. I blew for Sound and Video for all the comics. Yeah. And uh so that was funny. That that we never had that before and probably never again.
1: You hear that YouTube? sponsors it can happen
0: <laughs> yeah well i mean you're in the business of creating spotlight that's what i love about you you really did you helped all the comics in your own ways you found how your tools you filmed us you made all the things you could do for us and things we're helping we're yeah. just, we're just helpers of this scene
1: that's what i wanted to do um when i came back to the scene after you know 14 15 years of you know taking a break from stand up uh I was shocked to see how many how much talent there was in this Tulsa scene, and then yeah. also how welcoming everybody was. Yeah, um, how supportive they were when I did that open mic back in. I mean, it seems like it's a long time ago, but it was only January uh, when I came back. I did open mic at Tulsa Comedy Club, and then I got invited out to the Colony afterwards. Nice, and kind of just met everybody in the scene, and yeah, that's what yeah. changed this this whole podcast. Because then I was like, wow, there's so much talent here. Everybody's so nice. What if I did a podcast about this and just interviewed these people? It's not all that nice. No, <laughs> so, I mean... There, and there and actually, and, yeah. and, and,
0: and, um, I do a lot of open mics in other cities. I luckily have to travel and stuff and, and work and for um, pleasure and stuff. So I've done open mics in 20 states. Yeah. And uh, it's the same scene everywhere. Um, they turn into sometimes shitty frat parties and you're not part of yeah. the frat party. On the other hand... Um, they give everybody a chance there. And, and, and until someone judges you not worthy. Yeah, you're worthy. Yeah. And uh, it's it, it's the same thing. I work in other fields. It's the same thing. There's there's, there's, there's going to be a, clicks. Right. And so um, here the problem is that comics are all broken. I mean, at, at best you have to be bent, but you're wrong. There's any, there's, <laughs> you're broken. And uh, so we're a, com- we're a society of broken people. Yeah. And that means we really need each other. Um, so the comics. When you make comic friends, they're real
1: friends. When yeah. You really make them, and they will defend you, and, and that's a real friend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the first time, like, I went out to the bar and hanging out with them, and I finally felt like these are my people. Kind of ways of like, oh yeah, you're both. Ja- we're all damaged. <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret to a lot of things. Find people have the same mental disorders you have,
0: <laughs> or compatible. <can paddle laughs> they pair well. That's a that's a way of, to live life.
1: Yeah. Uh, how long have you been in the comedy scene? So four years. Um, I had a lot of life before
0: this. I was a tree hugger. I, I was, in fact, in many ways, I'm very proud of my career. I was Recycle Michael. I, <laughs> okay. I, I built recycling businesses. I, I lobbied in the national level. Um, I convinced mayors and governors to do stuff. Congratulations. Um, nice. I started, got started when I was 11 years old on the first Earth Day. I picked up litter and got my name in the paper and became a narcissist that day. <laughs> um, so I was, I was quoted saying, if you litter, you're not my friend. Because I was such an asshole i guess you know <laughs> i still believe it yeah um, and i just live a life doing this so i i literally i have a lifetime achievement from keep A Climate beautiful for my work and nice. i'm good at convincing people to do things for a cause i was president of trees for years all these different things is a real tree hugger and um i got to change the world i'm very old i i, I, I now cheer for other generations because i really want to share that honor i had i really yeah. had great opportunities to do wonderful things I don't want to change the world. I want to change the mood. Yeah. So I'm really focused on comedy. And not just my comedy, but in just making comedy. We need more of it in our lives. Um, and, And you can really make it a connection between people, we need um, that
1: levity.
0: <laughs> we need it, but more importantly, it's fun to do. It's fun to laugh. It's yeah. fun to be around fun people. Yeah. And so it's hard not to do comedy, not on stage, but to everything. Practice your routines, not open mics. Practice them to everybody. Cashiers. <laughs> I mean, Practice one joke for them every time you see them yeah. and stuff, whatever it takes. Uh, that's the way it's fun. Comedy is, is just a, a symptom or a therapy. Uh, it, re- it really is therapy.
1: Yeah, well, that's a performer. <laughs> of course, it is.
0: That's a performer. And from pain and suffering comes creativity. So, yeah. And that's why we're broken people, probably.
1: <laughs> how, how sad to simplify it all into a little formula. Well, hopefully, we can make it entertaining, though. Yeah, we can. That's, that's the key part of it.
0: Yeah, so I'm not that good a comedian. I have some routines. It's hard. Um, I'm just so much older. And and, and, and there's a, a lot of people who hate my age group. They hate boomers. They hate anything about it. So there's a real challenge. So um, I worked hard to try to get jokes early in my career to make young people laugh. And uh, I knew if they laughed, it was a good joke. Yeah, so that was the test. And then I realized, no, they just laugh at shitty jokes, too. You know? <laughs> so they just they find something to connect with them. The hardest part in comedy for me has been find relatable material. I don't have the same culture references. I don't know all these action figures you have because I yeah. don't watch those shows. I don't have this. Um, I now do nursing home shows, and that's my actually, I'm making way more money doing retirement centers and the Sits of Living shows. And they're really hard as comedians because little old ladies who are widows and their late age are not happy. Yeah. And they're judgmental as hell. I mean, they are so cancel culture instantly. <laughs> and uh, so they're hard. And so, so I talk about TV shows from my youth and my grandparents and bicycles and chickens and very simple things that they still can connect with. Um, And it's so grateful. I have to say, I've done all kinds. I've done theaters and and bars and all kinds of places for comedy and parks. Um, A nursing home, if you really connect with them, they stay around afterward and shake your hand. Every person in the audience says, "Really, saying, welcome to my home. Thank you for coming in here." And you have to realize they never leave. This assisted living ones. You can't do jokes about Chipotle. They've never been. Yeah, they've been there for. They don't. Go, they don't go shopping. They don't watch movies. They don't do anything. They have a very simple life, and uh, so that's they. You. Can, it's really hard to do jokes for that group. On the other hand, they love simple things that relate to them. Because they don't hear fun stories anymore. All they hear is sadness. All they have around people and they hear about who their friend's dying and everything else. Yeah. So they're so gratifying. So I encourage every comic, to: can you write a routine for every stage? Can you really read the room? What if the room was all 88-year-olds? Yeah. What if the room was all 8-year-olds? What if the room was this? And can you write jokes for every room? And you, can you get enough material that, okay... I know I have some bits. I have some bits I can work them in. I can be funny. I can play some crowd. And that's a real comedian. Yeah. It's not just one, oh, I have a routine. I'll do my same routine over and over again. That's important too. Yeah. But, you know, and especially as a booker, I want, I want to know your routine. So, yeah. And so I book comics. I want to know, okay, I, I trust, I know he has these jokes that are going to work, and he can do some freeform in there. But you want people to have the same routine they worked on, and, and they really work, and cut and out the fluff. And, yeah. And that as well. Um, but if you are really a comic you can make everyone laugh.
1: Yeah, and like I mean, I I have uh, talked on the podcast before. It's like kind of like when I worked at a different tech company or um and they had a dress attire and they were against tattoos and I I you know, I like I knew signing up for that job what I was going into and I agreed to it. I I had no problem, but people around me were like, "Oh, you don't have an issue with no tattoos or really? anything." I'm like, "No, that was the, the thing I agreed to. I signed up for I understand. I know what my my audience is, you know, so to speak. Um I never had a problem with it. So like when I when I'm bringing that up, I'm talking about like, yeah. you know, there's some comedians that have issues with uh, clean material, or oh, I want to be this. I don't want to do a club because it's only clean. Right. Like I get bashed away all the time online from local
0: comics because I say, yeah, I can book you more if you're clean. And clean you, pays and, more. It, it, more importantly, um, clean, when you first start doing comedy. Everyone does the same thing. Your dirty jokes get your best laughs. So you suddenly think, oh, I should write more dirty jokes. Yeah. Because there's an uncomfortable, there's a sunshine, and there's an expectation sometimes of dirty jokes. Yeah. Uh, and if Saturday night, you better have dirty jokes. You can't do clean stuff on Saturday night. Late Saturday night shows are all dirty. Yeah. Um, so um, in fact, I used to do a dirty at 10.30 30 show um, after a band. And uh, purposely, I hired the most dirtiest comments I could get for it. And I can do dirty and clean. I'm a host yeah. um, for these kind of shows. Um, but dirty is easy. Um, so dirty and then you become oh i a bit dirty comic because that works and it's, yeah. it's sometimes it's reaction not really laughter yeah and that makes you think oh i'm good because they like these jokes no clean's hard Clean's it's yeah. very hard
1: yeah i mean people like nate Margazzi do it great um, he's i love coming
0: him. I, I'm, I'm gonna be out of town i'm gonna miss him he's coming to be
1: okay center oh really oh he is my favorite clean comic right now i in love nate Margazzi. yeah uh yeah. hilarious guy um but getting back to like the, the things like the Looney bins rules or something like that, I have no problem with those because whenever yeah. I sign up for like an open mic or anything like that. Yeah. I know what I'm getting into before I sign up. So, like, if that's the rules, I'm happy to oblige because I signed up, I right. agreed to go there. Right. The next
0: step um, in, in your career, and a lot of people for comics, are to be able to host at the Looney Bin Yeah. So, to be able to pay, pay to do six shows and four nights. And, uh, and that really makes you the next level. So, when, you, when you're when you good enough that the professional clubs will hire you, not just your friends, but you're on the showcase. Yeah. So, that's, that should be the next aspirations And then at some point, your aspiration is truly it's not to get a Netflix special, it's to get a TV show. Yeah. Um, if you are on a sitcom, I mean, you've made. It and yeah. then you booked forever. Yeah. Um, so that's the next. There's, there's all kinds of levels in comedy. I don't care. I'm too old. To have high levels. Yeah. I'm having fun. I'm I'm doing great. I'm getting to travel with comedy sometimes and make people laugh. So my expectations at my age, I turn sixty five in a couple of months, are much different. I wanted to change and talk about tattoos. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I have one. Okay. Um, I got it because of a comedy routine I did. Okay. I started doing this routine about how old men should be in gangs um so because i mean we can rent getaway cars and you know and and uh <laughs> I, can, I can buy bulk spray paint at costco for graffiti i mean it was like, i had this stupid routine about you know and, and how do you join is it you know is there a sorority rush or a facebook event you know how do you how do you find out about that i've been wearing blue all day i'm in the wrong neighborhood i should wear red you know i said it's a but i'm an environmentalist so i'm probably getting green so it was a long routine i would do about it was really fun and stuff but um and how do you do it and I'd kill someone, yeah. I'd get the teardrop <laughs> just to say it, you know, whatever. But that it, it evolved into, I'll get a tattoo. That will impress them. Sure. But I'm in my 60s, and, and I, I really started doing this routine right before COVID. And so I didn't get my tattoo until COVID. Um, I was why didn't to take something stupid, I mean, you know, why not? And um, so my tattoo is real important. It's the – I said in this joke, it should be the most important thing in your life. Something that, it's the reason you wake up every morning. Okay. So my tattoo is a plate of biscuits and gravy on my left shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll show it to your camera <laughs> later. And so because it is, I love biscuits and gravy. So. I love biscuits
1: and gravy too, obviously. <laughs>
0: yeah. So oh well, I can't think. My second one, I think I'm getting maybe the Earth, because then when I'm lost in space, I can point and say I'm from here. <laughs> so I mean, I'm just trying to find reasons for tattoos. they, yeah. they, they, they Nothing that's important to anybody else. Yeah. I mean, it's like my tattoo. I didn't tell people for a long time.
1: Um, I got it. I did, my mother found it out last Christmas. I had it for two years. <laughs> and it's like. You got a tattoo. I have random things. I mean, I have a Kool Aid man. I have a couple Marvel characters. Yeah, uh, you have gorgeous arms. Yeah, really. That's a really, really, you. really fun thing. Yeah, I'm um, so. working on full sleeves. Eventually, they'll be filled in. Um, I mean, I, if it makes me laugh or as part of my childhood or just you know memories, I have stuff on there. I have Beatles lyrics on my arm. Um, I have a Power Ranger. You know, just just random things. Uh, I have confirmed with different. Every time I go to an Asian restaurant, this does mean funny. Okay. So I got the Chinese symbols. And I, I was making sure I'm that they're pretty right. pretty sure it means beef with broccoli. I'm <laughs> pretty sure. It doesn't mean funny. So you just got lied to. Well, no. Every time they come up to me, they're like, do you know what that means? And I'm like, funny? And they're like, yeah, but why? Why did you have? Like, they don't understand why I would put funny on my arm. I'm like, because it's okay. funny? Yeah, <laughs> like, do you not have humor? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I like the idea that we are individuals.
0: Yeah. And another piece of advice from my four years of comedy is you have to stand out. When I travel to other cities, in particular to go mics, I can tell your routine ahead of time. I can look at your. I go, he's going to do weed jokes, and oh, he's going to do divorce jokes, or she's going to do pussy jokes. I mean, yeah. it's boom, boom, boom. You can really read people. Yeah. And and there's a whole lot of people who are the same age group, who are like a lot alike, who do the same kind of jokes. I don't want to be. Like, it.
1: There's nothing wrong with social. Clubs. I mean, I'm sure right. you have your bourbon club, right? Right. Uh, yeah. um, uh, but there's times and places for those, but like, I don't want to join the social club just to use comedy. Uh, I'm here to make a career, I'm here to make a business. Um, I'm well, sure you stand you... out on stage. My, my oh, point Go is, ahead. Go ahead. and, and,
0: and <laughs> part of it's your, your dress as well. So yeah. you, you are, you've shown that you're a person who's fun. Oh, thank And you. a lot of people don't. A lot of people have the same. I'm not saying that jeans and t shirt don't work very well, but if every other comic's wearing them with the same flannel and the same yeah. winter and stuff, there's just a look and you can really tell what they're going to do in their routines. Yeah. And they just don't stand out. So you must stand out, I think, in every part of your life. Yeah. Um, so I wear ties because I wear
1: ties because no one else wears them. That's that, the reason. That's why I wear my jacket. You see my wear my, yeah. my sports coats. Um I for one thing, like that grew out of me working years in telecom and like, you know, cell phone sales and stuff like that. Um I have a closet full of blazers (laughs) um, it also came into just I feel more professional when I'm going on there like it's more of a serious thing like hey I'm going for a show and it just it helps me build up. It's almost like Batman getting dressed for the to go out on an action or something like that. You I know wear what I mean? sport coats
0: for the extra pockets. So <laughs> yeah, I, I always count. I have seven pockets right now. I'm a pocket calculator. So and having four extras or five extras to the jacket really comes in handy for me. I, and I love sport coats. I have I go to thrift stores. Everything I own is the, I mean I'm certified pre-owned. Yeah. Everything you see on me, <laughs> my underwear's from Sam's, but everything else, you, 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 everything you'll see is is a thrift store. I really like that. Um, so.
1: Okay, I'm I'm just obese, so I wear layers. <laughs> well, my my ties
0: are in essence my tattoos. It, they're tattoos I can change every day. Yeah, and and I have very rebellious ones. I mean, I have I have thirty different Jerry Garcia ties. You know, nice. And stuff. So I mean, I really like the idea of throwing color and pattern. And and oh, look at this! You know, I tell the joke on stage that I'm a rebel who wears a necktie, but I'm really it's an arrow that points at my dick. <laughs> you know? so, you know, so it's a really terrible way to ruin the conversation. You know. Yeah. So
1: no, it's like um. Yeah, I want to stand out. I want to make sure that I, you know, separated myself from just, you know, the people that are just there just to have fun and hang out with their friends, stuff like that. You know, and there's going to be that at open mics. Open mics are right. just a free-for-all um, right. sometimes. Well, they
0: should be the gym.
1: Yeah. And um, the
0: difference of going to an open mic in front of a bunch of comedians and doing the, the Looney bin on Wednesdays, for yeah. example, um, is... Dramatic, the crowd. Um, so, well, yeah. I mean, if your friends laugh at you, they're your friends. Yeah. Um, so when strangers laugh, you, it's harder work, and and, yeah. and see regular people and stuff is so much different. But all of them help. Everything yeah. helps. And, and Tulsa has some excellent run open mics. Um, so there's some there's some good hosts who make sure and people come. Yeah. But if it's just all comedians, and uh, comedians are they're thinking about their set. Yeah. And after they're done, they want to leave. Yeah. So if you're on the wrong part of the list, so there's real power in running open mics for that yeah. reason. Um, so uh, and especially um, the ones that are too crowded. There's a, there's a couple that have a lot of people and stuff and 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 getting on stage early really matters because yeah. after these people have done it if it's too Arab a mic you you're there's a little joke that talking about the open mics in a lot of big cities. You perform to the janitor. Yeah. So at the end, because no one left. Yeah.
1: Um, so been you've been all left.
0: Yeah. So you gotta be, you know, how do you get on there? And you then...
1: get like 19th or 20th on the list, and you're going up at like almost midnight, and there's like five people, maybe if that. Yeah. Yeah. Been there. Well,
0: <laughs> um, I'm glad Tulsa has a good scene, and part of it is because a lot of people really are working in it. Yeah. And that's what the open mics are. They're the gym. Yeah. So you really should do them all. But I said it before. You really you, the best things are when you do that same routine to other people, when you do it to strangers. Yeah when you find ways to work it in the conversations, you know, bits all start with jokes. And, and there's a premise, a setup, and a punchline. Yeah. And that doesn't take very long. And, he, and then, then that joke stretches out and then becomes longer and then has other layers onto it. If you have a bunch of 90-second bits, if you have enough of those you've got 20 minutes of material. Yeah. And if you have 40 or 59 minute, 90 second bits, you can play a room and know, okay, I know these things
1: work. So that's real comfort level. That's what I'm trying to work on. like, and honestly it goes back to knowing the room we talked about, like, you know, and knowing our audiences, um, there's a stark difference between doing, like, the open mic in a loony bin with a crowd of ready to do or see comedy for the show after that right. stuff, too. Right. Um, and there's versus- also a
0: feel. Yeah. They, they, they paid admission. They're in a place for Agreed. comedy. They're not just at the bar talking. Yeah. They didn't go there just to have a drink. They are like, oh, and there's a comedy show over there. I mean, it's really set for that. so yeah. it, It's a whole different feel.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why... Um, I had no intentions of recording that, that little four-minute thing or whatever I did, and I threw up for the Blue Whale submission. But yeah. I did it at the Looney Bin. The crowd was so good, and I got some good tags from that crowd that I was like, you know what? Throw it up. It's fun. Yeah. It was a good set. Well, um, Tulsa's also going to have the...
0: Um, Bricktown. Uh, Bricktown open So for David Town. So um, in, in comedy, there's the major leagues, and the major leagues are truly L.A., Chicago, New York, and Vegas. That's it. Everything else is not. Yeah. And then there's the... Triple-A, which is all the other big cities, Tulsa's single-A. And Bricktown's going to make us double-A. It's going to raise the level that they're going to bring in bigger talent. People are going to go to comedy shows and think higher level of comedy shows after going in there. So I'm really excited for them there.
1: That's why I launched this 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 year. I honestly have said it on the podcast. I truly think Tulsa's on the bubble. I think it's about to really take off. I mean, between Tulsa King, Reservation Dogs, um, the movies that are shot here, um, we're getting Bricktown. Um, Just- Blue Whale, too. Blue Whale, yes. Blue Whale, of course, yes. Yeah, Blue Whale's going to be really good this year. We moved yes. it up a whole month. We've been
0: doing uh, right before Labor Day weekend. Now we're going to end of July uh, for Blue Whale. It's a great lineup. It's a great, and, and a lot of comics. Um, I'm one of the few people who have to, there's like seven of us here watching videos and, and gradient stuff, and there's a formula and everything else for yeah. us. Um, 200 and... 30-something submissions, wow. and you have to watch five minutes of each. You can't just do it in one day. Yeah. Um, so we've been working on them as they get submitted and stuff, trying to catch up and end to them all. We have a meeting to make the lineups and go forward. It's expanded this year. We're going to do more um, local comics. We're going to do another couple of venues added to it. Nice. Um, so we have some good sponsors, uh, and we sell tickets. Um, so we, we're proving you can sell $30 comedy tickets and $25 tickets to see stars in, yeah. in Tulsa. And Brickdown's going to help that moment. Yeah. And then pretty much people will – the comics don't make much money at this game. I yeah. mean, a lot of people make no money. They think, "Oh, I'm a professional in comics. I can pay twenty dollars once." Yeah. Um, so, but yet the same musician and gets paid a hundred dollars to play or two hundred dollars to play, and 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 they're different styles. And yeah. one takes thousands of hours to get good at, and then you do the same thing every night. The other one is you don't want to do the same thing every night because you just started doing it and you're learning. Yeah. Um, so they're different, and you can't really compare the two financially that way. But if comedy works in this town and we have next level, it helps us all. They, they, they rises. Yeah. Um, all that tide raises all boats. I yeah. mean it's gonna be good for us all. So and, and Blue Whale's part of that as well. Blue Whale uh, has put us on the map. It's the only one in Oklahoma. Um, we sold twenty two hundred tickets last year. Wow. Uh, for three days. Um, so we we almost sold out the Canes two shows. Um, we have the Canes' side shows were all packed, packed, packed. Um, so it's going to be really good for us. And if you're a local comic and you've submitted, the submissions ended last week. Um, you have a good chance to get in. So we're really making efforts to get as many as we can. So you have a, you have a at least one in two chance probably to get in as a local comic. Yeah. So you know and and and, and, and there's great benefits um, when you get in. So you'll, there's nice perks and um, and just being part of the festival and putting on your resume helps get you booked.
1: And this part can be cut too. I'll, I'm just going to throw this out there. But if you guys need any help, some uh, just kind of like I'm do one of the fresh faces as far as like you know trying to promote that for you. Yeah, yeah. If you need any help promoting that and want to have anybody come in here, I'm more yeah. than welcome to help out any way I can.
0: Um, maybe write a proposal because we don't have enough podcasters for things. So yeah. I don't know if it's possible. So some of the guests will do a podcast so it's possible but I don't know. Um, I'm not that... There's a, there's a whole team. Yeah. I'm just part of a team that does that and um, but it's it's... I'll say that I, I just finished Mayfest. I, I was on stage. My voice was a little cracky because I was yelling as an MC all three days, twenty six hours yelling in the microphone. Wow! Uh, well, Just introducing people and thanking sponsors. Yes. That's that's some things I'm good at in life, <laughs> uh, you know.
1: And uh, it so, takes its toll, though. I mean, it adds up after a bit
0: yeah yeah and it was and it was hard it was and, and, and I really do high energy, try to thank people and get them out there and scream. I was doing the Guthrie Green stage all three days, and then it's, it's uh, people way in the back and a good sound system, but I was really trying okay, it's time for the show. here we go, and, yeah. and thank you all big, and all that kind of stuff. The hardest part this year was having to cancel the Saturday night live Act, the last the last act we had she had a big crowd of people, a rap star who came in uh, Michelle was her name and 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 I had to go on stage. Three minutes for she was supposed to go on after soundcheck and everything else, and say sorry. There's lightning everywhere. We have to close the stage. Oh. And all these people were just and they were polite. It yeah. was a Fine Arts Festival. They yeah. weren't going to ruin stage or anything. But uh, it was. And she stayed around even if it started raining hard. She went up and t- took selfies with to bay. She was an incredible dude. But it was hard yeah. to close the stage when people are there for that act and had you know someone came to see them. Yeah. So. Never had to do that in comedy. Never had to. Oh my God! You know, I have to leave right now, it's the
1: bucket list. Now you got it checked off. You're prepared. <laughs> I don't.
0: I don't have a bucket list. Uh, here's the thing. Um, I'm past that. And I've done it all. I've had a great life. Uh, I have a fuck it list. I have, I have shit I'll never do again. That's more important. It, I, I recommend that for people. That's the really.
1: sequel to the Jack Nicholson, Ma- Morgan Freeman movie. Fuck it, it just, list. Yeah,
0: just find <laughs> things you don't want to do again and say, you know, I did that. I don't want to do that again. You know, And I get that in life. It's way more important to know what you don't want than, oh, I want to try this because maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. I think it's good. You know? And I and I've had it, I had got to do a lot of things and I still have a good life and I keep doing crabs. things. No. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but I don't have that. I mean, I, I don't drink. Tito's Vodka ever again. It's made in Austin. I want my vodka from an oppressed country. <laughs> I, you know. This is, Austin's weird. It's, it's, Texas is beneath me. It's a geographic joke. I mean. I want
1: uh, my vodka from a country where if I go over there and say that I'm on Grinder, I get arrested.
0: Nice.
1: Nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's, like I said, that's important to me. Um, one other thing I want to mention for comedians who listen to your podcast, I know you have, a, you're getting some, a lot of subscribers for this and going forward <laughs> is uh, we're all broken. We all have mental issues and stuff. And, uh, Making myself laugh is one of my secrets um, to me. People ask me how do I keep doing all these things and how at your age, how do you have all this energy and stuff? Because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. But, but I, I have a, a task I do now. Um, I write five jokes to me. And I've never, I, I started doing this uh, about seven or eight years ago before I ever started performing. Um, so I wake up in the morning and think, okay, what's my first joke I can write today? And I read them to myself, and sometimes I share them on stage. Sometimes I share them on Facebook. Sometimes I share them with friends. Sometimes they're just for me. Yeah. And they, oh my God, that's, I could never tell that joke, but oh, it made me laugh. Yeah. And so every day I, I may have a, It's a, I have to do this. I have to think of my five jokes. And oh, it's, it's almost time to go to bed. I, I only have four jokes a day. So, and sometimes I think of all five of them before you even get out of the bed. Um, so be, you write five jokes for you. And then you read them at the end of the day and laugh at yourself. And it's a really good health mental That's health. A good thing. Exercise. Yeah. But and and but and you think about it makes you what can I think of today? What can I make fun of today? Oh, it's it's Monday. I can make fun of Monday jokes. Yeah. Or it's you know, I can make fun of myself and how I feel or 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 Valentine's Day or something else. So it, it pushes you to write more seasonal material too. Um, so then seasonal material really helps to keep your routine fresh Yeah. so I mean I have a really great Christmas routine I can only do it for like three weeks a year you know, <laughs> you, know uh,
1: you know, about how wise women were about much better gifts you know it's a it's stupid like the, routine it's like that Mariah Carey song where you just try to keep it up a week earlier every year yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. A little sooner.
0: you know you just can't do all those jokes all the time but, yeah you know but seasonal keeps your at least fresh and, and things so so trying that exercise to me helps me for me and not for anything else but sometimes they're good enough to share yeah yeah so
1: it's a good exercise I mean I that's a really nice way to keep your brain fresh and keep it, you know, uh keep it active and really honestly that's a very refreshing way of of writing material.
0: Yeah, maybe it's just voices in my head. So I mean, I'm doing <laughs> crowd work. I'm just doing crowd work inside myself. That's Are all they're talking is. back. Yeah. Yeah. They're arguing sometimes. That's the hard part. Yeah. They can talk back. It's fine. There's harmony sometimes. They they hold, but sometimes they argue. Right.
1: <laughs> uh what was like Uh Get, it's one of those fascinating things about having different comedians in here and different people in this on the couch is I get to hear some of their processes like you just brought up, and it's fascinating to me to see each person have their different takes on what they do for their, their routines and stuff like that. Um, it's very enjoyable. I really appreciate you bringing that into the studio and kind of enlightening me. You know I have, don't take advice. I mean, I really <laughs> – I,
0: I, I, I say these things like I'm I an expert. Yeah. I mean, I, I come across – people have always treated me like I'm Mikeapedia, like, <laughs> oh, he knows all this stuff. You know? No, I don't. I, I still have the same struggles. And most comedians here have barely seen me perform. I really don't do a lot of Tulsa shows. Even in my own shows, I'm doing hosting so, they haven't really seen how I. I mean, I'm getting better, as we all are. Yeah, um, and finding things to to talk about going forward. Um, I I appreciate what you do. I like said that we started off the show saying uh, I appreciate that you what you do for the scene and getting people on me on, on stage up to promote the things we're involved yeah. in. Um. So, but also I, I want to see you do more shows, and you have the ability to really help the, the scene a lot. So, and, and I hope you keep doing it.
1: Um, I just got, uh, I have three shows booked so far uh, okay. for this next month or so. Nice. Um, I'm doing the Go Theater June 9th, I okay. believe. Yeah. Uh, that'll be my longest. That's like 12, 15 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm doing the Rose Lounge list later this month, and I have a show this Friday um, in the B.A. Uh, I can't remember where, but i I have to look it up. So I actually have four shows, and then I have another one on the 30th of June uh, at yeah. Mojito. So I'm trying to get booked more places. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, and then bring more people in here. Uh, ideally, I'd like to get more the schedule lined up to where when people have shows, kind of like how you're doing right now. With,
0: yeah, the Faces uh, show. I think yeah. That's June 3rd, Deco Lounge. <laughs> um, so it's 607 South Boston. Um. I, I've done a bunch of shows. I've probably done more shows than anywhere else. And, the, and this show is a special show. I hope, more importantly, um, the people who listen to the show will come out to that because yeah. the people who have been on this show are the people who – are on the show. And so support local comedy. And the best way you can do it is to go to one of their best shows. Yeah. And if, if you're there when they really kill, you've shared something with them and you can help them. Yeah. Um and you know, I, I used to I was involved in politics. I uh, have a whole past and and I learned to orchestrate applause. I learned to and I worked with mayors. I worked with commissioners. I worked with people and I would say we you doing a speech with me and we'll walk through, through this and I'd say now pause right here and think about this line and say this sentence again and then after you say it, pause. And I'll be in the back of the room, and I'll start applauding, and everybody else applaud watch. And I do an orchestrated applause, and it gave them a chance to smile, look up for their notes, take a breath, all these kind of things. Well, the same thing in comedy. You can orchestrate laughter. Yeah. So you can be there, you know, and you don't have to make it fake. You don't have to, you know, you can really can orchestrate. So you're having your friends there that know the right punchline, and they, I love this joke, and then really cheer when they make it, and they really hit. Because laughter is infectious. Yeah. In, in fact, um, I have three different people who I, I don't see very often, but they're all three um, women in their 50s with really loud laughs. Nice. And I've told them all the same thing. If I ever see you at a show, I'm buying your liquor. I'm <laughs> buying for you because you, you make the show. They're having a loud laugh, a person who loves to laugh and, and, and their laugh makes everybody else laugh because you just – there's certain people who have that laugh. Yeah. Um, if, if anything, as a fan of comedy, you should practice laughing louder. So that should be our motto: yeah. laugh louder. the more the louder you laugh, the better the show is yeah. for everybody.
1: Because like uh, especially like a open mic stuff like that when I'm at, when I'm there, you know, we talked about like the different scenes and stuff like that. But like uh, open micers, they're sometimes on their phone. They're trying to learn, worry about their sets. They're not paying attention yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I put my phone down, on you know when I'm my set done, I try to become an active person in the co- the audience. And when I'm watching somebody, I'm there laughing loud, trying to be. Yeah. Keep the energy up. I think energy is the biggest thing that a lot of people miss sometimes yeah. uh, is just watch, reading the crowd and knowing when to keep the energy up and keep it like a roller coaster ride yeah. and, you know, go up and down and, you know, make your set, take them on an energy ride is what I try to do. It's hard to put a show together and, and I've had a lot of
0: shows ruined by the next to the last comic. Um, so in, in good and bad ways, either the next comic was the popular one and the whole crowd starts talking after their friend's done because like, oh, I put them on the show so then they all leave and the yeah. headliner's there with no one left or they really bomb And then they lose the room, and then the headliner has to come in. And the only way to solve when when the room all starts talking to each other. Uh, the only way to get them is to get louder and get and get yeah. more energy and, and do something to get their attention, get it all back there. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. So it's I've, it's making the show is a show, it really is a formula. And, yeah. and you don't want to have it all just the same screaming, screaming, screaming levels and stuff. And there's certain people don't work certain rooms. I, yeah. I know it's Oklahoma. There's a lot of comics. I'd love to book. I just don't know where to put them on. Yeah. I just don't know where. Because, I mean, they're going to offend comics because – or offend non-comics because their jokes are – Edgy, yeah, and and it's fine to be edgy, and there's certain places where edgy really works, but there's a lot of places where oh, I mean, there's there's a couple of comics who who do some jokes that I just can't book him anymore. I mean, I just can't trust they won't do that abortion joke. I just can't, you know. I've watched you walk the room twice. I gave yeah. you a chances and you walk the room. I can't hire anymore. I and mean, maybe I can find a room where I can book you. Everybody's still on the list. I'm yeah. like, there's very few people I won't ever book, but you just got to really think of if I do a joke that makes people walk, I've hurt the show. Yeah. And uh, so, and I don't, I don't want people to hurt the shows.
1: And it goes back to knowing your audience. We yeah. talked about knowing the room, knowing the crowd, and knowing where your material is going to be appropriate.
0: Well, there's, there's jokes that make your friends laugh, and, and, but there aren't funny jokes and, yeah. and stuff. And be careful of those, too. So, yeah. I mean, it's not just bombing, but you can really I, – I, I try to do some politics jokes. In fact, I used to – I did this joke. I did once at the Looney Band and, um, uh, it was, and then once at the press club. It was called A Night to Laugh Liberally. And the idea was I'll get all the Democrats there, and we'll all have a bunch of them in the same room. There's very few in Oklahoma. You know, we're, we're very so – minority very minority of them, but I, I don't know enough conservative comics, but I know enough Democratic comics, yeah. liberal comics. So I thought I can do a liberal show. I'd love to do a conservative show too. Yeah. I could sell more tickets to it. I just don't know enough comics who can really play that room and well. So, And I, I got really liberal comics to do this. I never made any money at this show, but I love the idea of the whole audience expecting you to bash Trump. You know, or you know, Joe, praise Joe Biden kind of yeah. jokes, and they all oh, they all well, you want to do that joke, you just never could do it in Oklahoma, because if you do it in, in most parts of America, you've lost half the room. Yeah, the first time you've mentioned a person who's divisive, like. You know, either of those yeah. figures, you've lost half the room. And then everything else doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so it's really difficult. So I, I had I, – I had, here I'll tell you that, that I made fun of Joe Biden because he's – I'm old too. I said he's – I'm the same age. It's hard to find us wearing light-colored pants because we pee on ourselves so much. <laughs> you know, white, white House dinners will be at 4.30 with soft foods. You know, I mean, it was this old man joke. So I fun yeah. of Biden is the oldest president ever elected. Yeah. And then I, I said, you know – and I did the, the pee-on-your-pants joke. And then I said, and then Trump, he's mad at his own party. Uh, he's going to start his own party called the Patriot Party, you know, Patriot Party, PP. I heard he likes PP. And it was just a a stupid stupid joke that I really like to tell and I I never could make it work in Oklahoma. I told <laughs> the joke in Florida, it worked great. thought so yeah. Vegas, it worked great, but they never here in Oklahoma. It's like, okay, get off the old old man, go over there. Get on the bus, you know, yeah. you know? So <laughs> stupid jokes don't work sometimes in in the audience. If you don't read the room, but but political jokes almost never work. Yeah. Almost
1: never work. I mean, and uh, and again, I I have some filthy jokes. I have some dirty jokes. I also have some clean material. Um, I kind of have a little bit of everything. Um, I'm not saying one's better than the other or anything like that. I'm, uh, we just keep talking about it. Know your audience. Know your venue and know yeah. what you're you – know, what you're targeting, and
0: sometimes <laughs> there are rules. The Looney Band, for example, has rules. They they don't drop F bombs, yeah. don't don't do. I mean, there's the restaurant, don't do anal-looking jokes. I mean, there's certain <laughs> things, right? I mean, there's, they have a few rules like that. It's good to be able to follow those rules. Um, the open mic that uh, JB runs at Candles on Thursday is. They love dirty jokes. Yeah. this is a biker bar. I most, was there
1: last Thursday. It was a great, great yes, time. Yeah, most
0: of the bars. Sometimes there's almost no bar patrons at all. It's just comics, and they don't care. And, and but when their are bar patrons are there, they the dirtier joke the better. So yeah. if, if you're a comic, when do dirty jokes go to Kendalls? It's really a very unique um, it, difference between the two. You know, one yeah. of them is I can, the other one is I should um, material. So.
1: My biggest thing I'm trying to work on like. So, for my type of comedy, you may have not seen it too much when I've already did The Fresh Faces, but what I'm really getting more gravitating towards is more crowd-working and roasting. Um, people like David Lucas or somebody that, uh, like Big Jay Ogerson that can just do an entire special that's just nothing but crowd-work sessions. I, I, I urge uh,
0: you to take caution. I roast Roasters who... Who don't land jokes are just assholes. Yes, they are. So you, 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 there's a very fine line between asshole and roaster. Like so I'm not going to do it 100, percent
1: but like I want yeah. like, I like to write some of my. What I've been doing more at the the last couple of weeks, I've been practicing because I got, I'm trying to practice up to my 15 minutes mm-hmm. that I'm writing. Um, I'm doing it in five minute sections at different places. Um, is really come in there with like two three minutes of prepared, and then two minutes of just crowd work. And what I've been doing is before I go up, I'm like, then I'm writing notes and stuff like that. Just kind of making observations and stuff. And when I go up there, it's fresh. Like those two minutes are literally of yeah, people yeah. right there in the room and it's worked so far. But yeah, again, I give
0: I, my, my minimal advice after a few years of this and, and two shows and, yeah. and as a host, you try to do crowd work yeah. as a host. Um, never ask a question. You don't have 10 jokes to, uh, don't ask what you do for a living and expect. Uh Oh, um, so those are hard. Um, so, but, um, and also in dealing with hecklers, the same thing. Um, don't, a, Attack the person, attack something about them, attack their wardrobe, and and don't say, oh my god, you know, yeah. and, you know, if I looked at you, I, my joke would probably be, you look like you sell lizards for a living, <laughs> you know, so so and so it's not a terrible joke, yeah, it, it, it means you have a job, yeah, and but I'm attacking some image of you and not you yeah. directly, um, so when I deal with hecklers, it's hard. I've had a few times where I've had to really deal with them and stuff, and. And the best thing to do is to not attack them but say, I'm sorry, I don't speak Jameson or some, some simple joke that yeah. doesn't attack them but attacks, oh, some drunk person, not necessarily them. Yeah. That's the easiest way. So and both those ways, crowd works hard. It's, uh, you gotta be, but uh, what I do at the Looney band, when I host the Looney Bin, like every three months I host or so, um, I try to set up the headliners. By asking certain things, I, so I, I, the first time I see them, if they're doing routines about relationships, so I will work in there. So who here is married? And be here, married? Who's you know? And I, so I help them out, give them some sense of the room sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes, if you have some good jokes and and you can set up the other person as a host, it really works. Yeah, uh, as crowd work, but it's hard. And but if you're really good at crowd work, if you're really really good at that's it, where
1: I want to get to. I'm like I'm dabbling more into it, but like that's where I'm really starting to see my passion of like just having more fun on stage. Um, um mm-hmm. my creativity coming out more um mm-hmm. i'm very spontane- uh, spontaneous sometimes when it comes mm-hmm. to my humor mm-hmm. um Good. And so, not that I'm trying to toot my own horn or anything, I'm still very new. Um, yeah. But that's where I'm kind of gravitating towards my sets of just kind of seeing where my humor yeah. personally lies. So I wouldn't, like I
0: said, try to find one person. I mean, there's one guy with a cowboy hat. He knows he's going to get picked on. He's yeah. on the front, he's going to get picked on. So and trying and to, and, so I try to talk about as a group maybe why you together, the yeah. three of you. You know, you don't see threesomes, and so there's some natural plays you can go with that and yeah. stuff, and ask some questions about you know. Um, and it, obviously, sometimes a large party is the worst thing to do crowd work in because it takes one, and everybody else feels like, oh, it's participation time, yeah, not spectator. I'm a participator, I mean, so it's a quite different. You got to be real careful. Uh, bachelorette parties are always the worst. Oh, uh, so I've done, I've done three different shows where bachelorette parties cause problems. Or one of the, you know, <laughs> someone <laughs> decided let's all leave. Yeah, you know, well I'm not having fun. So in the, the alpha in the party decides, yeah. you know, okay, it's time to go look at you know penis and things in the car.
1: Yeah, or something. And they all leave. Um, so, and I have a, I have a few roast jokes that I've have like pre written down, like can kind of fill in the blank of whoever's you know there, kind of that'll fit that role. Like I had one, like you've been to the seller, obviously you've yeah. seen the t- the front table they have right in front of the mic.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, there's a group of people there, and I was like, well, give it up for this table, and everybody kind of cheered, and they finally kind of paid attention because like you know somebody talked to them, and I was like, I bet one of them at the table has a really strong opinion about why CRM is now starry. Nice. Just I a know. general thing. And it's just like just general, but everyone's like, yeah. Oh and I like just, you know, kinda of just I yeah. said it like that, but it worked.
0: Yeah. So again, you're not talking the you're not talking the person, you're saying that this group yeah. hasn't something that, that could be relatable. Yeah. And you know, and relatability is the is the key to try to do crowd work is everybody else says, Oh, you know, and but it's really hard to have it go wrong. It's yeah. really hard if you really pick on someone as a roast. So um now the roast battles that, that Brian does are are, are fun because yeah. they're I've never done one. I've been a judge for a few of them, and I love Brian, and I love the concept. I've watched a bunch of those shows, but I don't want to be mean to people. I really um, don't. I really don't be the angry old man, and it'd be so easy. And I, and I could destroy people, but I don't want – why would it hurt their feelings? And even in a funny way, <laughs> I, why would it hurt their feelings? I mean, I want to do a joke that they think is like,
1: yeah, that gets me. Well, like on this show, we've had a roast segment. Um, I'm very happy with roasting and stuff like that. Um, when I did Brian Bisjack's show, uh, so you can see the metal uh, It's off camera, but uh, won, yeah. I won yeah. last month. Uh, yeah. I have fun with it. It's a fun time. I, that's where yeah. my creativity flows. But again, it's just a fun time. Um, I had to battle Sarah. Uh, that was a fun time. Uh, really? Yeah, she's very smart. Very, very smart. smart. She had some great ones. Uh, yeah. Yeah. she was just on the podcast. Uh, well, when we we're filming this The episode, just le- it just went out. Yeah. Sarah Buntaine. Shout out to Sarah Buntaine.
0: She was really good. Yeah, Sarah's great. So, And, and Sarah's part of our, our Wednesday social yes. club, I mentioned you mentioned earlier. She'll That's
1: also that. be on the Fresh Faces.
0: Yeah, she'll be on Fresh Faces this time. Yeah, yeah. She, and she's a perfect example of it. So um, she's not obsessed with comedy. She has real things in her life going on for it, But she makes a point of every week to be a different mic and to be supportive of the scene yeah. and working harder. And she's writing new material. So she's exact. What the show is all about. She's yeah. the, she's the, the poster child or the child, but the, you know, exactly what we want for the show. We want comics who really want to try and make this hard. And if you really are working at this, and your friends all say, "Yeah, I'll give them a chance," I give them a chance. Yeah. The show is a excellent way to help the scene, especially early in the career. There's probably I don't know five or six dozen comics that really the first $20 they ever got was from me. Yeah. And, uh, and the first time they were really on the poster and the first time they paid to a real room, yeah. um, not just a room with some friends. Um, so I like that. It's, it's, it's nice to help. It's, it's just a teeny little step. Yeah. And then, you know, it's not like they need more control of their lives. I, yeah. I may book them on other shows. I'm probably not do a lot of shows now because yeah. of other things in my life. Um, but it's nice. And, and, and so I encourage everybody to come to that show because it is such a boost and such a help.
1: And again, guys, it'll be June 3rd. Uh, it's a Friday. Yep. AP- no, was Saturday. 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. Saturday, Saturday June 3rd. What time?
0: Um, They start at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Deco Lounge at 607 South Boston. It's hard to park downtown, and Shania Twain's at the BOK that night. and uh, So the other things are happening downtown as well. So, um, And it's a great – Deco is a cool place. It Um, is. Great um, food, too, by the the way. uh, The the family-owned the Golden Palace restaurant for 39 years on Brickside. Oh, really? So mom's still alive, and these are the sons, the three sons. And they used to have a cheeseburger restaurant, so they've combined the two passions. They have great cheeseburger. Wednesday night cheeseburgers are incredible there. They have a big crowd for that. Uh, But they make cheeseburger Montons yes. And stuff, which is fun. You, homage to mom and stuff going forward. So, yeah, fun place, good place to. So, uh, um, that show, like I said, we, three of the last four shows have been standing room only. So, come at seven, have some food. Um, and especially if it's more than a couple of people coming. Um, so, it's, it's the room packs and it's a nice room.
1: It's a great show, guys. Um, like I said, I did it two months ago. It was a great experience. I'll be out there. I'll, I'll be out there to support. Um, you want to go down the, the list of who's going to be there?
0: Yeah. So, this show, um, Sarah Bentane, uh, Fred Bear Track, Arthur Dixon, Matthew Bryan, Brady Leach, Jacob Campbell, Adam Smith, Belle So Pretty, Misty Von B, and special guests. And I won't name all the special guests yet, but I, I always put a. I always try to have. It's hard to be first, so I always have some season comic go first. And I always have some comic go last, just kind of make the the crowd and and it's show that we're a supportive scene. Yeah. And now if every once I'll throw another comic in. Depends um, how much the show's running long or something. Having yeah. comics there, um, it helps to do that. But the other thing about it is. Um, it's really – it's not just the first time for the comics and stuff. It's really a sup- way to support the whole scene. And um, and I we have just good crowds there because yeah. we've been doing it long enough um, that we, we're getting I – mean, we have people who come every show. We have we have true people who live downtown who now see the posters. And, and I do print all the posters. I, yeah. I'm a pimp.
1: I still have mine uh, over here somewhere. from. My, <laughs> I got one yeah. of the last ones from last, oh, my show.
0: I work shows. The reason my success – Nine It Comedy is my comedy company. You can see my shows on Facebook mostly um, – but the reason I do shows well is because I really promote it. I, yeah. I actually old school print posters. I, I tip valets downtown on Saturday. There's three different hotels where I'll give $5 a valet in the afternoon. They're my friends. And I say to them, if people are looking for them, dude night, flash this poster and to them and stuff. And I get people all the time that way. I mean, nice. It's, just, it's, it's a simple little trick I learned years ago that, you know, yeah, people are in town and come to a show. Like, oh, Kevin Tulsa it was a comedy show right down the street. And stuff. So it really does work. So I'm old school promoter. Most That's of them, I, cool. I don't just make a Facebook event for my friends. Yeah. You know, I really try to do all the things. I mean, printed posters, the full and grassroots
1: campaign on it.
0: Yeah, and I'm buying ads and I do other stuff too. Depends on the show how much I can do. So yeah. I'm not trying to make money. I'm trying to promote the scene without losing too much.
1: That's what I'm trying to do here. That's why I feel we're so relate. I can relate yeah. to you a lot um, yeah. when you bring up like this show, like you know i want to spotlight people in the area but also like i'm not looking to get rich or get famous from this podcast yeah. or my stand up like if i can get a couple of sponsors and pay for you know me and my kids and my stand up comedy i'm happy yeah and if it continues to keep this going to where i can support more people then hell that's what i want to do awesome but i'm not looking to get you know very famous, like Burt Fry- Bert Kreischer or something like that. You know what I mean? I mean, right. it'd be nice. I'm going to yeah. keep working on it until I eventually get there. It'll but take off your shirt just for the action. So he, <laughs> I've I never have... seen a show he takes off, doesn't take off a shirt for. I have worn two mid-drift shirts at stand-up before. Nice. But it was more of a reveal where I had my blazer and I had a hoodie on. And I was like, man, it's getting hot. And I took my blazer off. And I was like, nah, I'm still not feeling it. I took it off. And I had a, a mid-drift shirt on that said, slut. Well, is <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm willing to make a fool of myself, and I've done it for a lot of things in life and stuff. I try to do a different approach on comedy. You know, there's a lot of people who say, don't do that, you know, um, and then they throw out the window. Bert Kreischer is humongous because he does. He does, yeah. he breaks every rule and stuff. You know, there's, there's, yeah. there are some standards. Are you professional? You don't wear shorts on stage. A lot of clubs will say that, for example. There's a lot of people who do those kind of things that look, look the part. Yeah, I overdo it because that's why I dress every day. Um, I generally – today is I'm just on vacation. I'm going to baseball all weekend. And um, so I'm kind of a nice day. So it's nice to do this on a day of off for me. But normally I wear a tie, and, and I wear a tie on stage, and it gives me material. And then you have to explain your outfit. Yeah. And so but that gives you material. So, yeah. when, you know, why is this person on stage? They don't look like a comic I would expect. So you can explain yourself, and you can make your wardrobe part of the first jokes. Yeah. Um, so I, one of the things I say on mine is, and it's all thrift store, but I say I, I, I love thrift stores because they, they help good causes in their fashion. I shop at Salvation Armani. And that joke always well, works with the women in the crowd because they're like, oh, I get that. you know, Because yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, a thrift show. No, yeah, Normani," Armani. I, you know, so yeah. it's just a stupid, stupid joke. But it sets a tone of, oh, this is a, a, a kind of weird
1: pun, you know, kind of beginning. So. Yeah, I mean, I do the same thing. Like, I have my hair halfway up and halfway down. And I say, like, I've opened my shows before. Like, you know, even my hair's bisexual. Like, Nice. <laughs> nice. Just different things like that. Or, you know, it's just more material to just have fun with. And, like, yeah. That's what I'm finding out with me personally is just the more I have fun and the more I keep that energy up, the more I think the audience is really going to dig it. Well, yeah. um,
0: and, it, that, and then I know we're going along here. Oh, it's uh, all right. There are three things that I have written on, a, on Post-it notes that I used to put on my bathroom mirror and then I put them on my computers when the computers were invented. And, the, and there are things I recommend to people all the time, and, and, and it's very strong for comedy, um, is that um, first one is keep doing things. And in life, just the, the worst thing you do is stop. Just keep doing as much as you can do, as much as you can do, uh, doing things. And that means in comedy, that means as many open mics you can go to, as many shows you can be supportive of, as many podcasts you listen to, yeah. all the things. Keep doing things to push comedy um, for your life. The second one is realize it takes time. And I hate that. I mean, and I'm so impatient, and my generation had to wait for everything. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you didn't get it at five o'clock, the banks were closed till You know, there weren't ATMs, there weren't remote controls, there weren't microwaves, everything yeah. else. Wait was really difficult and stuff. And it's hard to give that advice to people. They realize it takes time because people younger than me, I'm not saying anything negative, but they have not had expectations of waiting. Yeah. And things just happen, you know, and it just happens overnight and things. It's the gratification. So, yeah. So, yeah. And I and I'm right on the edge of that. Crazy as well, that oh, why can't
1: I? You know, I Just live a lot of world. premature ejaculators,
0: yes, yes, very much, very much. Um, realize Sorry. it takes time. Um, second, and then the third one is inspiration is everywhere, and that's the one I think about every morning. I think about okay, I mean, wherever I go, there's somewhere something. If I'm I have to be on this highway, can I write a highway joke? Can I have to be in this meeting? Can I think about a meeting joke? Can I mean, you know, in every way possible, nothing's off limits. I and mean, so, in every experience of your life, rather than trying to make comedy your life find life in your, find comedy in your life. I'm saying, sit say the other way around. And so, right, like, oh, you know, so incorporate everything you do into, okay, make a joke about this. So, and then I've been able to share those jokes and deepen my relationship to people. So, my the guy does my dry cleaning. I I, I now have a relationship with him where we we spend time and now we're Facebook friends. We used to be just customer. Yeah. Store. And by, by me trying to make And and say, hey, can I practice a joke on you? Tell me what you think. And having just breaking down and becoming a person and telling a joke and say, how many things this one joke works? So and then so now he says, okay, what's the next joke? You got a joke you can tell me. And so he, it's like we have this connection that now we're friends with. And I use comedy and me me, needing an audience as the reason why we're now friends. So I mean, so I'm not saying that I have to. Everybody's an audience. I'm not. It's not. If you understand the reference, uh, Jerry Lewis said the whole world was Dean Martin. Everybody was a setup for him to do a crazy routine. Robert Williams had the same kind of – and Jonathan Winters before him, you know, that, that you had to be the crazy person. Everything was a prop in yeah. life and stuff. I don't want to be that. But I want to practice sometimes the simple joke, the simplest joke. Um, and, and and sometimes it's just a punchline, and then you work backwards premise set up punchline right the funniest punchline you can come and then you're like hey, how do we get there yeah and then where's the scene this to begin with and, and go backwards and-
1: like the dave chappelle fishbowl i don't know if you ever watched some of his stand-up um uh chappelle had a netflix special a couple of years ago and he talked about how he has a fishbowl and he has just random punchlines in it and he'll grab it and he'll walk around and figure out how he can get the setup and get, it, get to it and one of them was like i kicked her right in the pussy that was his that was what he pulled up on stage and he was just like i'm gonna do it and he did like a five minute story and you completely forgot about it and then it ends with that and you're like, oh yeah And it's just – that's what
0: he tries to do. Yeah, that's really creativity and and going forward. So my mentor in comedy, um, the reason I loved this from the beginning, was a guy named Maury Amsterdam. And you have no idea who he was. He was on the Dick Van Dyke show. He was the other comedy, the little Jewish guy, Buddy Sorrell, on the show. Uh, In real life, he was the king of the Catskills. The Catskills scene was that upper New York where they put Baby in the corner. That whole scene, there was everything. People went and summered and did these things and stuff. And he ran these comedy rooms that always sold out. And he had this one room that had 240 seats, and everybody had a number, and someone in the audience drew a number, and they had to yell out a word. And he would do an entire Said wow. about that word. And you had to be you couldn't think Holocaust. You had to be saying they had certain rules there. And, and if you did that, you got booed. And so you had to just, but people would throw out any single word. And he would tell the greatest joke in the world. And he has, he has these vinyl albums, I'm sure they exist somewhere you can find them, of this, the human joke machine, he called himself. And that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to think of every single thing. What can kind I of joke about everything in my life? You know, it's like a salesman. He's trying to sell the joke yeah. to everything. So when every I can write a joke about every single object in my world and stuff. And, and he was so good at that. So he was my mentor. I, I'll never be that. And, and no one else will ever be that witty and that, that strong. And I'm sure he had a duck joke that became a turkey joke. I'm sure there were some things that he yeah. knew and the massage and stuff. But to do that every night... I mean, five nights a week uh, to a packed room and to do nothing but that material. I mean, how brilliant is that? Yeah, that's very brilliant. So, yeah. I mean, that's a
1: that's an accomplished mind, too. Right, right. Everybody's smart.
0: So that's why I want to be in life. I'll never be that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be a nice host. <laughs> Thank you for having me.
1: No problem. Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Um, this has been a great experience. And, like, again, I wanted to try to get back in a small way to the Fresh Faces because it has been it was a great Thanks. experience for me. Thanks. Um, and, again, the Fresh Faces will be June 3rd. It's a Saturday. 8 p.m., right? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, Deco Lounge. We have a fantastic lineup. Uh, Michael Patton is going to be the great host, as always. Thank you. Michael, where can everybody find information about this show? Um, I really promote through Facebook because I'm old, but
0: it's really effective. I can really segment audiences. So 918 Comedy on Facebook has all my shows. And I'm really stopping to do a lot of shows. If you look and you see a bunch of the old ones and stuff, I mean, I'm trying to travel. I'm I'm, I'm trying to date this woman. I'm trying to do baseball. I'm trying to work my real job and all these things in life. (laughs) So And producing, um, there was a time when no one else was producing shows. There was very few of them being produced. And now there's a show four nights a week somewhere people are producing. So there's not a lot of pressure to keep doing shows, and people are getting their own opportunities. Yeah. I don't want to stand in the way. Um, so there's well, a few venues I still like and like do the shows there and stuff. But mostly I'm getting booked myself to do a couple of shows a month and then I'm doing my retirement shows, and that's plenty
1: of comedy. Well, I hope you keep doing the Fresh Faces because, honestly, I will just flat out say it, they're very important. They're important to the scene. Um, anybody that's had a class that goes through them, they still stick with their class. I've seen that through all the different open mic stuff like that. The people that have, you know, oh, I did Fresh Faces with Zach or, or with whoever. Yeah. And, you know, they still hang out. Like, you've helped create those groups. Yeah. Um, I still t- chat with a lot of people from my Fresh Faces class daily. Um, Kells and stuff like that who opened for us. Yeah. Um, it's just a great experience. So, yeah, I hope you keep doing it. I learned
0: this message. I, there was a lot of people at the start of COVID. And there was, and I was, I did very few shows. But I did a couple of shows after the, Big Wayne Dane. And after after Trump came at Tulsa, I was like, well, if we're going to have thousands of people go to the BOK Center, <laughs> how serious are we? But yeah. I would I would make people wear a mask so they sat down. I, I would go around and squirt hand sanitizer and make a joke about it and stuff to people and try to be real serious. But there were some people who that, that freaked and stuff. And there was this divide in America about mask and pro-mask and stuff. And I saw it in comedy as well about yeah. why are we doing shows. And, and if you didn't do shows before COVID, you're not funny. And, and you know, they call them COVID comics. And, and there's a whole lot of weird things that happen. But people were divisive, and I, I started saying this line to comics, okay, let's get past this, because we have to share stages. And that's the term I really want to get across. We share stages. Yeah. And once we share a stage, then we are. It's, it is the breaking bread of comedy. Um, then we've done that together. Uh, we perform together. And, yeah. and and you should be proud of those things. I'm very proud of how many comics I've worked with, how many I've hired, and, 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 and the amount of money I've, I've helped support the comedy scene. So but, but importantly, we've shared this single weird thing that very few people have the the inclination or desire, or more importantly, they're so frightened by that. Yeah, most people. Um, so it is it is so raw an emotion, so wild a thing. I mean, it's you and the audience and the microphone. Yeah. So um, when and my, when I took a class, and and the guy said this is the most raw form of comedy, and I said, eh. Pole dancing, you know. I said, you know, <laughs> I said, and I, I said, I held the microphone and said, the only difference between a pole dancer and a stand-up comic is I have a smaller pole, you know. So, but that is that. Take that that, that approach. Yeah. It's very raw, and you should be very personal and, and very honest. Yeah, and, and you can go premises, you can go places. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Thanks. Mike, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, nice. This has been a pleasure. It's been a fun conversation, guys. Go out, visit, and see. The Fresh Faces Show, June 3rd on a Saturday at Deco Lounge. Come support Tulsa Comedy. Come support Fresh Faces, 918 Comedy, Michael Patton. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on Unloading Meat. I'm Jared Ralphie Allen. Later, guys. Peace. I did a fucked up piece. I'm loading the
0: meat. I'm loading the meat. I'm loading the meat. I'm loading the meat. I'm loading I
1: am loading i am loading i am loading i do not know what it means. it is. it is. Bye. Have a great time.